Hi there, my name is Matt Brown, and this is the Million Dollar Principles series. So these are principles that I have applied in my life to build multiple million dollar businesses. So um, I hope these principles can be easily applied in your life. I'm sure they can as an entrepreneur. Um, and so this one is principle vision over growth. Now, you know, there's a lot of talk about vision, you know, and there's a lot of talk about growth. So when I want to unpack both uh, sides of the coin for, for you guys. So I want to start with vision. So, you know, a lot of people subscribe to the idea that, you know, without a vision or without a dream, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're essentially economically broken. <laughs> so, you know, have a dream. Um, and so entrepreneurs without a dream apparently are, um, are really not worth their salt. At least that's one school of thought. Now, I read a book um, called Vivid Vision, and I was curious about what would the role of a vision or having a vision in my business be? And at the time we were about 35 staff and we had grown exponentially over the last two years and, you know, won numerous awards, which basically shooting the lights out. And so we were you know, doing very, very well. Um, and at the time I, I recognized that I, I didn't actually have a vision for myself. I didn't have a vision for the company. And I was like, well, maybe I should explore that vision, you know, and unpack it for myself. And that's exactly what I did. Now, here's the reality. As a startup, uh, you don't have time for vision. <laughs> you, you just need to make payroll, dude, you know, uh, and make money uh, and make as much as, it, as you can, as fast as you can. Um, and uh, most startups don't have a vision. So they get to some kind of scale, they get to MVP, whatever the case is, or maybe even product market fits. And then they go, oh, okay, what's the vision for the company? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's very rare that you wind up with the business that you hoped you would have when you started out. So when I started my uh, last company, I didn't believe that, well, I didn't like the business I have now is not the business <laughs> that I started out, you know, having, I thought I was going to have a podcast media empire. I wind up with the lead gen business. Go figure. <laughs> Don't get into lead generation. <laughs> That's my advice. Um, and, uh, and so um, I put a vision on, on paper and I wrote it down and I had three separate meetings at my house, brought, you know, teams of 10 over, each separate team over. And I shared with them what the vision was for the company. Now, we were like digital kung fu and we were going to basically, you know, now become a group. And that's where I set forth the group. And I got super detailed around like, here's how we're going to, you know, we're going to be doing X number of this and Y number of that. And we're going to be doing revenue of this. And we're going to be 300 staff and this and that and this and that. Um, and I watched the faces of the people who had been loyal to me from the beginning, many of them, you know, they had been with me in the trenches taking grenades and we had come out the other side going, we made it and we were comfortable. We didn't need to change very much. And yet here I was as the CEO founder about to change everything. And I could see the fear and the uncertainty manifest on the faces of my staff and looking back, I regret it. I didn't need to pursue that vision. I could have just been happy with where we were at. And so as an entrepreneur, you want to be clear on what your motivations are. 
truly what your motivations are. Like, who are you as an entrepreneur? Do you want a big business with a small team or do you want a lot of people and the hassle that goes along with that? Um, and so I shared my vision and we started, and I said, when I shared the vision, I said, I'm predicting that I want people to resign because this is a different journey, a different chain that we're on. And so this typically happens in a business. You know, you, you basically get like three stages. You get, you know, 15, 50, and 150. And at each one of those uh, amount of uh, staff or employees, things change. So when you're a startup, 15 people, things are awesome. People dig you. The founding team is there. They love it. They, they just love the way things are. And then when you get to 50 people, shit happens because now you need to, <laughs> now you need to uh, hire senior management. You need a managing director, you need a COO, you need all these people. Um, and they want to do things differently to the way that Matt Brown's been running his business and the way that you're running your business. Um, and so things start to change. The original founding team are like, no, no, no. I want things to be the way that they were. I don't want this new shit. I don't want this new vision. Right? And then... 150 staff is the next thing because now at that point, typically what happens is the founder is no longer required. It's a different monster altogether, typically out of the skill sets of a founder. So he's typically becomes chairman, kumbaya, and hopefully the thing becomes an IPO or lists or gets bought. So those are the three phases. And I was in this transitional phase to the 50 stage. And what happens is if you, if you can't get it to work at 50 staff, you will probably go down to 15. Uh, I was worried, um, but I knew that the business had to go somewhere because you know, without a vision, where would it be? Where would it be uh, going? And we lost a lot of people, but I was like, okay, fine. This is what happens. A business is like a train. Some, at some stations, people get on, some people get off. And so we went for it. Went, built a group website. Everything now was, um, you know, about this new thing, Black Swan Technology Holdings, multiple businesses, you know. Um, got to go for it. Got to go for it. We're going to do this thing and it's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. And this was during the pandemic, like the, the first part of the pandemic. Uh, and we were, we were winning, man. We thought we were invincible. We were like, damn, exponential growth year on year. I remember like having the end of year or the beginning of the year function, doing the strategy in this. And I was like, we're going to do 60 bar this year, 60 million. And uh, I'll be happy with that. I think we can get to a hundred, but I'll be happy with 60. And then, you know, Nothing's ever as good or as bad as it seems. And I thought, well, we thought as a business, we were rock stars. Needless to say, the universe is going to fix that for us, and, or at least the pandemic was. And we hired all these people. We went up to 50 people. I was like, yeah, we're going to make this work. 50 people is going to stick, yo. We're going to make this work. Um, and guess what happened? The rug came out from underneath us, and the whole market dried up, as you would expect. No industry was immune and in the pursuit of the vision, we were now in a situation where we had serious cash flow issues. And we had to unfortunately make the decision to let people go. And that, that really broke me, you know, uh, because it was my vision that costs families their livelihood. That's the way I see it now. So you have to be so careful with what you pursue and what you think is enough for you. So it's all great having a vision, but at what cost? 
if you want to have a 300 employee business or a, th- a staff counts or head counts of 300, can you manage it? Is that really what you want? Do you want the cultural bullshit? Do you want the feedback, consistent feedback from people who are unhappy with the way things are and this and that and this and that? Um, and can you see yourself doing it for 15 years? Because if you can't, you shouldn't go for it. You shouldn't pursue that vision. And so you must have a vision, but you should pursue the right vision. And the only way you know if it's the right vision is if you know what you are about and what you want. Like I learned that I don't want a big services business. There's no way. I don't want a big business that's capital and people uh, intensive. I want a big business with a, a small team. What's up, dude? When was the aha moment when, when that happened? When I had to, one day I had to phone 12 staff and one by one, let them all go. And that I don't wish on any entrepreneur because it's, you know, I, you know if, you, <laughs> if you're not a narcissist, you should really care about your people because without them, you don't really have a business. And we had a great culture and yeah, that really did, that was probably like the worst day of my life. Well, one of the worst, I would say, is certainly in my entrepreneurial journey. When you tell someone that they're no longer employed because you cannot afford to pay them, and you can hear the fear on the other end of the line, you can see the fear on their faces, and you know you're going to be okay because you know how to make money. And when, you know, I believe that if, as an entrepreneur, if you know how to make money, you'll never be broke. You'll always make money. So making money is a skill. But if you're an employee and you've only ever done career stuff, J-O-B, just over broke, you're at the whim of the markets, you're at the whim of the world, and you are not in control. You're not in control of your destiny. And that scares people. And I unfortunately had to make the tough decision. And I didn't make somebody else phone that person. I did it. Because I wanted to remember how it felt that I could, through feeling what I felt, knowing what I had done by pursuing a vision at the wrong time, it may have been fine in five years from now or three years from now, we could have just been cool the way we were, you know? Three years is not a, a long time for a business to be around. So what, what was I so impatient for? We were just out of diapers. We were a sports diaper. But <laughs> we were doing very well. But, uh, you know, I didn't need to pursue that vision then, and it cost me. It cost me a lot. It cost me a lot of pride, you know. Um, and pride oftentimes get us in the way, gets us in the way. Um, and so what I've learned is that when it comes to vision and growth, it's not even vision over growth. It's about pursuing the right vision and the right growth for you as an entrepreneur. Because if you want a lifestyle business and you're cool with that, great. If you want to raise $100 million and list it on the, on, on the NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange, great. But then you must be prepared for that struggle. And that's the truth. Um, and I learned a lot about myself as a founder entrepreneur in that experience and that. I now know what I'm about. 
I know that I don't want that. And that's the secret to success. And that's your principle for this video. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.